Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with our morning agenda show. And you know what the funny thing is? I thought yesterday was a great day, but today is an even better day. Um, we'll, we'll speak about why that is, but I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie for this one. Charlie, you feel the same way I'm feeling today? Yeah, of course. I mean, yesterday I was I was really happy that we'd we had had a bid for that we bid 105 million and then when we were on the stream man city had pulled out of the race and it was like oh finally like it seems like this deal is actually getting somewhere and then last night perfect a deal has been agreed obviously we'll get into it but it was it was quite it was quite funny because i was literally having a conversation with my with with my mum my dad and my missus and literally all of a sudden that's come up on my phone i was like oh and then I just had, I literally stopped the whole conversation just because I saw that a deal had been agreed. So, uh, Marcus, yes, I'm very happy that, uh, that a deal has actually been agreed. Finally, it's it's definitely some good news on top of Havertz as well being confirmed. So, yeah, it's just a good it's just a good day. Weather wise, not a good day, but in terms of being an Arsenal fan, yeah, you could say it's a good day. You know what the funny thing is? All the chat box is just basically saying TC should just stay on holiday. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> says, Marcus says, morning, God, Tom should go on holiday more often. It's happening. Charlie Rice, morning yeah. to my neighbor, Umar. Morning, Marcus. Hope you're well, mate. Um, and yeah, Joel agrees. I agree from now on. Tom should go on holiday as soon as the negotiations start. I'm not <laughs> waiting for the third bid. I agree, Tom. Stick to Copenhagen, my friends, if you're watching. Like, since, you, since you've been out there, Havertz has been confirmed. Hurian Timber is advancing. Declan Rice, people agree with the fee with um, West Ham United. So, yeah, Tom, if you're watching, we do love you, mate. But, yeah, I think Copenhagen's the, the right place for you at this moment <laughs> in time. Um, but we'll start off with the... We'll start, you know what? I'm going to go something different. We'll start off with Kai Havertz briefly because... That was confirmed um, late last night. You know what? I thought it was quite annoying. To be fair, the fact that you've got these little, you've got these Arsenal fans like these um, with these social media accounts. They have, you know, when they have the player profile pictures on their accounts, they start unveiling the announcement video way before the Arsenal have done it. And I think it's quite disrespectful uh, to the club, to everyone who works behind the scenes creating these vid these videos. And I think um, that I thought was quite quite negative in that regard. But the announcement was confirmed last night, 8 p.m. Um, Havertz, I think, first confirmed um, on his Twitter account, on his social media accounts, um, gave, gave a good um, farewell to Chelsea, Chelsea fans. But deep down, I think he's buzzing, to be fair. I've never seen Havertz smile so much. <laughs> Honestly, he's just got that beaming smile. Like he's finally at a club where he's going to be appreciated, welcome, and where he can strut his, uh, strut his stuff. So, yeah, Havertz is an Arsenal player. And you know what the interesting thing I thought from that deal? Obviously, after it was confirmed, Mikel Arteta, he done an interview on Arsenal.com. He said that Havertz will offer Arsenal a lot in the midfield position. So, we've discussed it for the past few weeks. Where will Havertz play? Is he going to be a backup option to Gabriel Jesus? Is he going to be someone that is more versatile playing off the flank? Neither, to be fair. It seems that Mikel Arteta wants him to play um, in midfield. That's where Havertz will play. But to be honest, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a success of a signing. So, you buzzing? Yeah, I think I think the, mid, the midfield really is a better position for him. Where, whereabouts that is and how he kind of 
works in the midfield obviously is the kind of deal breaker whether he whether he does fit into a system or whether Arteta switched it up a little bit obviously that remains to be seen and we we will see that next season at some point I don't think that he is an out and out striker we've seen it at Chelsea he might have been their top their top scorer last season or maybe the season before but last season we know what Chelsea was like we know they finished 12th or whatever they did he, I think he had seven goals or something like that so as an out-and-out striker, seven goals just isn't enough, and we know that he isn't—he isn't that player to to be the kind of like standout player in the team in terms of goal scoring and being the kind of target man up front. And he isn't that, so I'm happy that we are kind of putting him putting him into midfield. Um, we've seen a Bayer Leverkusen. Yes, he he played very briefly in that kind of role. I've said it before. He played very briefly in that left-hand-sided eight role where Shaq has played. He's played there briefly, but then he's also kind of been an attacking-minded midfielder, possibly in the Odegaard space. Maybe we'll see Odegaard kind of push onto the left-hand side. I don't know. As I said just then, it remains to be seen. But Havertz, I'm, I'm sure that with Arteta and knowing that he brings out the best in a lot of players like he has with Shaka, et cetera, et cetera, I just have that feeling that Havertz is also going to be like that. He's also going to kind of rebirth the Havertz that we once saw at Bayer Leverkusen that was attracting all this interest from from elsewhere, from abroad. Obviously, Chelsea ended up finally signing him for £75 million or however much it was. But £75 million as a player that he was, I think he was 21 at the time or something like that at Bayer Leverkusen and he had so much promise, so much potential, and I just feel like Arteta is going to be that man to bring that potential out of Kai Havertz that we haven't quite seen at Chelsea. We might have seen glimpses of it, but only glimpses, and that's why he hasn't excelled in that striker position. I think, yeah, I'm excited to see what Arteta can do with him, what he will do with him. Um I am still a tiny bit sceptical, but I'm only saying tiny bit because... We don't I want to hear scepticism. Sign is going to bang, bro. I, I, I do hope so. I, I mean, I was wrong about Jorginho. I thought that that was going to be a bit of a... I thought that was a very weird signing with... I mean, Chelsea fans, they weren't happy with him at the time. They they essentially... I'm not saying they wanted him gone, but they, they weren't happy with him starting at Chelsea. He kind of dropped off in his Chelsea kind of like time. And now Arteta has brought him into the Arsenal side and he's boomed again. He's he's done phenomenally for us when Thomas Partey has has been injured or had to be rested. And I'm sure that that's going to be the case with Havertz. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in terms of like what Arteta can do with a player, he, he seems to manage to get to know everything about this person as a player, as a person, what they can do on the pitch, what their strengths, their weaknesses are. I'm sure that every manager would do this anyway, but it seems with Arteta and what we've seen with like Ramsdale, uh, I I mean, he, he was, I still think that he was a decent keeper at Bournemouth and Sheffield, but obviously he got relegated. He seems to have kind of reimagined Ramsdale as obviously one of the best keepers in the league. I mean, Shaka, I mentioned, it's kind of been a resurgence of of Shaka. He's been he he's been phenomenal this past season, and it just I just feel like Arteta is just 
he is a genius, essentially. So I, I don't doubt the fact that Havertz is not going to... I, I do think that he is going to be a good signing in the end. I say that I'm a little bit sceptical, but now that I'm talking about that and you said, oh, we don't want any scepticism, it seems like I've thrown that out the window already. So, um, yeah, I do. I am excited to see what Havertz is going to be like. And I'm sure that he isn't going to be a disappointment. I am sure of that because of how much of a kind of like genius... Arteta is. I think that most of it is like down to him, his recruitment. He seems to his recruitment seems to be fantastic mm. over these past few years. He's he's not only kind of recruiting and Edu, they're not only recruiting for for the now, they're recruiting for the future as well, for the future of this club. It, the amount of signings that he's made that are, are young players, are talented players already. And they're they they've ended up kind of being the core of this group. I mean, Saka, he's 22, I think, he's a, or 21. He's a little bit younger than me. Martinelli, he's still really young. Odegaard, he's 23, 24, you know, however much. You know what? They're young on paper. Like, the ages, they're young. But they've got so much experience now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, they've been, yeah. They've been playing first-team football for, for so many seasons now at the highest level. And I think age is just a number with, with these players. Yeah. I think last season's experience that they had, we're just falling short in the Premier League title race. It's going to do them the world of good uh, next season. They're going to have that pain. They're going to basically look to go one better. And they're going to think to themselves, look, let's learn on what happened last season. Let's learn on the experiences. Let's learn on that um, capitulation at Anfield, the poor result against West Ham United, the, the 4-1 defeat against Manchester City. And let's, let's take that. Let's take that to next season. And I think Arsenal, what what they, they've done this summer transfer in the, in the first few weeks, they've showed ambition. They've showed the statement of intent to basically go again, to not settle for second place, to not settle for the Champions League football. And I think that's where this club of this stature needs to be at, competing year on year. Look, no one's entitled to win a Premier League trophy or a Champions League trophy when the season starts. We sit here as fans and always say, oh, this could be our season. But that's optimism. That's when the season starts. You have that optimism. You have that hope. You have that faith. But no one is entitled to to win a Premier League title. You have to basically show it on the pitch. And for the first half of last season, we showed it that we can and we are capable of winning this Premier League title. Obviously, the second half of season, second half of the season, sorry, there was issues that basically faltered our title challenge. Manchester City came up trumps, and we can hold our hands up. But we're not far off. We are not far off. And I think this summer was about recruiting well, going that one step better, getting players that can improve the level of this squad. And I think we've got a gem in Kai Havertz. Um, people keep speaking about the price, but I know this is gonna this is gonna basically work because I look at the Havertz that was at Bayer Leverkusen, and I was a massive, massive fan. And he never just for me, he never fitted in with what Chelsea were trying to do. He was never that system player for Chelsea. A lot of changes, managerial, a lot of chopping and changing. He was never he never had that position at Chelsea where he was the main man. But I think at Arsenal, he's gonna have that settled position in that left-sided midfield position where Shaka occupies. And I think he's going to do well. I saw a picture yesterday of stats. I'm just going to put it up screen of Kai Havertz. This was his movement in the Premier League campaign last season and how, where he ranked. So runs, um, ranked second. Attacking runs, 876, ranked third. Runs challenging the back line, 
332, uh, ranked fifth. Runs targeted by passes, uh, second with uh, 377. And total distance of runs, 23 kilometers and ranked second. So that's at a club where basically Chelsea finished 12th, you said. Yeah. So imagine when you come into a club when you're playing with alongside better players. Saka, the other guards. You've got defensive capabilities behind you that know how to defend. Chelsea's defence last season was awful. Koulibaly, Cucurella, Reese James wasn't really playing. Week in, week out, he was injured. Ben Chilwell, they never had that stability in the back line. He's going to have a back line at Arsenal where if he does at times, um, doesn't do that defensive role, which I, which I don't think he will. Havertz is a player which notoriously works hard. P- people don't, people don't realise that. He's someone that likes to track back. Defensive work rate is very good, to be fair. But say, for example, if at times he is lacklustre on the ball and he does lose it in possession, when you when when you do um, have players like William Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White harrying you, it's difficult. It's difficult. So you have that confidence that, look, if I do lose the ball, I've got players behind me that, that can um, help me out and support me. But, yeah, I think the signing is going to be good. I, I, like, out of all the signings, that we we have made this this summer um or are set to make this summer Havertz is the one that really excites me because i know what he's capable of and it's not like he's someone that's coming to our club at the age of 30 or 31 like william did or david Luiz. this is someone that's not really hit his peak at 24 years of age and we've seen before chelsea have made mistakes with salah kevin de bruyne why can't Havertz be the third mistake so i'm excited i'm excited um let's talk about declan rice your boy deck um yeah man uh, we speak about signings and i've just spoken about the fact that Havertz is the one that excites me for me i always said to my friends like you know in the group chats on whatsapp there was no point getting a player like Havertz if it meant that Declan Rice departed and went to Manchester City if that makes sense no i got what you mean yeah ha- Havertz his signing makes it much, much better, the fact that we're set to sign Declan Rice. Like, makes it 10 times better, 20 times better, 30 times better. That Declan Rice, for me, statement signing. Bridges the gap um, with Manchester City. It shows that we are truly back. I liken it to a few seasons ago when Liverpool and Manchester City were going for Virgil van Dijk. And Liverpool, they were competing at the top in Manchester City, but they were falling short when it came to the latter stages of the season. And Liverpool needed to bridge the gap to Pep Guardiola's side. So what did they do? They went out in, in the transfer windows and they slapped down 90 million or whatever, 75 million, 80 million yeah. pounds on Virgil van Dijk. And they beat Manchester City to that signature. And I think they brought Alisson as well, I think in, in the summer window that as might, well. That might be so right, two, yeah. two signings they made and they bridged the gap and they won the Premier League title. They won the Champions League uh, trophy. And... This signing, I liken to Virgil van Dijk. It's a statement signing. For me, the best signing we've made since Saul Campbell. I, I know Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, great players. Great, great players. But Ozil at that time, I think Ancelotti was in charge of Real Madrid. Um, Real Madrid were open to sending Ozil, if, if that makes sense. He, he was in and out of the team. His future was uncertain. Alexis Sanchez as well. Barcelona were open to sending him because they had the formidable front three. I think they had Messi, etc. So they were open to sending Alexis Sanchez. Great players, done really well for Arsenal. But I look at Declan Rice, 
This is a statement signing because Bayern Munich wanted him. Thomas Tuchel, Champions League winner. Manchester City wanted him. Pep Guardiola, treble winning manager. Manchester United were interested in him. They can't afford him, to be fair, but they were interested in him. Chelsea in the past were interested in him. How many teams were interested in Declan Rice and what have we done? We've all but completed the deal because we're back in the big time. And I know a lot of fans keep saying, yeah, but it was an easy choice because he doesn't, he, 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 he wants to remain in London, etc. If Arsenal were not in the Champions League and we're not progressing, I would say, for example, we finished 12th or we finished just out of the Champions League places, Declan Rice wouldn't have joined Arsenal. I'll tell you that for a fact. He would have gone to Manchester City. He would have gone to a team which was challenging at the top, at the highest level in the Premier League. He's joined Arsenal, not only by the fact that Mikel Arteta, I don't know what he's been whispering in his ear, but <laughs> something definitely good. But he's joined Arsenal because Arsenal are progressing. Arsenal are a team on the up. Arsenal are capable of challenging Manchester City and are capable of winning Premier League title, Champions League title. He's got a team which are young, which are infectious, which have so much bundles of energy, Saka, Odegaard, Saliba, so, so young. You keep this squad together, the sky's the limit for this football club. The sky is actually the limit. And I want to I, I want to briefly speak about the fact that a lot of fans keep talking about, is he worth £100 million? Why are we paying £100 million for a player who's a defensive-minded midfielder, etc.? I'll, I'll tell you one thing, yeah? No one was talking about that when Manchester United were paying £80 million for Harry Maguire. No one was talking about that when Manchester United were paying £80 million for Jadon Sancho, Paul Pogba. Chelsea were paying £110 million or whatever for Enzo Fernandez. And I looked at some stats early on before this show. I'm going to put it on screen. And I looked at how Declan Rice compares to our midfielders from uh, last season, which includes Partey, which includes Shaka, Jorginho, etc. And you want to see the stats? Charlie, you intrigued to see the stats? Oh, I'm very intrigued, yes. I'll pull it out now for you. So, Declan Rice, the comparison um, with Arsenal midfielders, courtesy of Football Daily. You look at the stats, and this basically is comparisons with Odegaard, Partey, Jorginho, Shaka. Obviously, take away the goals because Shaka is, uh, sorry, Declan Rice is not um, a goal scoring midfielder, but I still think that's something that he can. Uh, improve and I think he has improved that in recent seasons but you look at the interceptions look at the interceptions yeah so the the most important like when yeah. you win duels Mikel Arteta is, is obsessed with winning duels in terms of his midfielder winning the ball Declan Rice 63 compared to the other midfielders Odegaard 6 Partey 28 Jorginho 9 Shaka 15 progressive carries yeah Someone that is on the front foot, someone that lacks that lacks driving at the opposition defence. Declan Rice is one of the best in I think in the world at doing that. You've seen him at West Ham. He's got so much energy. The physical prowess is like out of this world. Three hundred and fifteen compared to Odegaard with one eighty six, Partey with two hundred and fifty, Jorginho with eighty three, Shaka with one hundred and forty six. Mobility, mobility, mobility. Mobility is the key thing for us to bridge the gap with Manchester City. Pass accuracy is 88%, Odegaard 84%, Partey obviously joint 88%, Jorginho 87.6%, and uh, Shaka 86.5%. So you look at, take away the assists, take away the goals, because I'm not really comparing um, Declan Rice to Odegaard in terms of goal scoring attributes, etc. 
I'm comparing the rest of his game. <clears throat> like, you look at that, and I think that is exciting. Hugely, hugely exciting to what he can offer this Arsenal team. And I look at what we're trying to build in terms of having giants in our team. Do you remember last season we played against Manchester City? And I keep, I keep yeah. relaying that. And when they beat us 4-1, there's at one stage they took a corner kick here. And I looked at their team. I was like, what the hell, bro? Rodri, Stones, Akanji, Ruben Diaz, Erling Haaland. Like, giants, bro. Yeah. Kyle Walker. <clears throat> like, their team was solid, but they had that physical physicality in the when they're defending set pieces. And at times, I looked at Arsenal and I thought, yeah, we've got physical players, but we need to be a bit more stronger. You look at our team now, and I'm, I'm going to pull it out. Like I saw it earlier, earlier this morning before I get your thoughts on it. Um, I saved it on my phone because I'm lazy. I hope I saved <laughs> it on my phone. I'm going to get it out. But yeah, the physicality is just, is just, is just crazy. It's just crazy to where Arteta wants this team to basically develop. So we are becoming a big team. Declan Rice, six foot one. Gabriel, six foot three. William Saliba, six foot four. Kai Havertz, six foot four. Jakob Kivior, six foot two. Ben White, six foot two. Party, six foot. Takira Tomiyasu, six foot two. It's a team of giants now. Yeah. It's a team uh, of giants. Yeah. We've been missing that. We've been missing that for a while because you I've seen in so many like situations, as you just mentioned there, when there was a corner, like an opposing corner or or even attacking corner. Hmm. We just did. We lacked that height. We lacked that physicality in in moments. There there were some teams that were a little bit smaller, but even so, it was still. We didn't have that kind of like, we we just didn't have that height that we could tower above those those opposing players to get that header to to even keep the ball let or. Or, or even score the score the goal. I mean, last season and possibly the season before. I mean, we we had, we've had Gabriel. I mean, Ga I think Gabriel was it last season or the season before? He was the highest scoring centre back or defender in the league or whatever. But that's just one player. Whereas now we've got, as you say, Saliba Havertz. I didn't realise how tall he was. I didn't yeah, realise he was six foot tall. four. He's tall. He's a tall guy. So he's not taller we, than we're now. No, I'm six five. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I should be in the team. I should be. I should be the one that's towering above everyone else. But exactly. nah, nah. It's it is good to see that we're we're not just kind of like recruiting quality. We're recruiting people that like Declan Rice. They're they're physical. They're they're quite big. They they won't get bullied. They won't get exactly bullied. exactly. And you see with, with with these with these stats as well from Rice. I mean, he's on top over all of our mm. midfielders apart from, as you say, goals and assists. But even so, he's a defensive-minded midfielder and he's even got more goals and assists than Partey. So that, can, can that also that. shows something. Exactly. He can improve and that, I'm, I think. Yeah. I'm sure Arteta will bring that out of him, as you mentioned. And you never know, maybe he could possibly move out onto the left-hand side. That's mm. what we've been saying at, at mm. times. And that rotation will happen at some point. There will be a lot of rotation throughout this whole season. So we might see Declan Rice in that left-hand-sided midfield role. And we know that he's got the capabilities of doing that. We know that he can score a goal. We know that he can score a very good goal of that as well. Mm -hmm. 
but then also with the kind of like turnovers and the interceptions, yeah. the carries, turnovers can be such a, a valuable asset it's to true. a player, this to a team. team as well, man. Exactly. Because say say a team's on the front foot against us, Declan Rice, all of a sudden, you saw it again, you saw it against us when we were two mm. two nil up. He gets the ball, he put he 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 can't, he turns over the play, he progresses forward, plays it into Paqueta, and then there's a penalty. Yeah. And that that can be so important for us, so valuable for us. Not only the fact that he won't be on an d- opposing team, but I'm just saying that that could be so important for us to uh, maybe we weren't so much on the back foot last season, but if we're on the back foot, we're backpedaling, say against Man City, all of a sudden he's popped up, he's got the ball, we're on the attack again because he intercepts, he takes it forward, he goes up with him, maybe someone can drop back in replace of him, he can push up and then we're on the counter-attack. And all Mm. of a sudden... The, the opposing team that was just attacking is now on the back foot, all because Declan Rice has intercepted the ball and pushed forward. And I reckon it, I mean, you said yesterday, uh, you hope that they get relegated, but they, but I think if it wasn't for Declan Rice, I reckon that they would, I wouldn't be surprised if they would be down. Nice you, because season, it, yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. they were really, really struggling. And then all of a sudden they seem to pull, pull it out of the bag. And I wouldn't be surprised if part of that is because of Declan Rice. I mean, they got a point at us, but I would say because of him. He, I mean, with Odegaard, when we drew three all at home, we were three mm. one down. And then Odegaard all of a sudden just pulls it out of the bag. He's got a goal and we're on the front foot again. And we're, and we're pushing and pushing and pushing. And then that happened, I think, with Declan Rice. He was that player for West Ham that all of a sudden he's, that I mean, we were completely on the front foot in that game against West Ham. Completely, it, it was almost like a training game. Obviously, I think it was two 0 in ten minutes or something like that. So it was we were like oh, breezing through it. All of a sudden, Declan Rice pops up, and then they're on the front foot. They're attacking at us. We're finding it difficult. All of a sudden, we're on the back foot, and that is because of that of him. That is because he is someone that can break up the play, can push a team forward, and then turn a game around and you never know, maybe even turn a kind of season around for in terms of West Ham. So someone that important in an Arsenal team can be so, so important. And he's worth the money. Yeah. He's yeah. worth the money. I do. Like, I, do I, 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 I keep hearing it like on social media and I see like a bit of Manchester City fans. Uh, they actually thought they were going to get at one stage and basically the roles have flipped and now I see them tweeting on social media basically stating that yeah, he's he's an all right player. He's he's okay, but he's not worth hundred million pounds. He's not worth hundred million pounds. We're not at that stage where it's a different. It's a different market. It's an inflated market. And teams such as Chelsea, uh, Manchester United, they are the teams and the reasons why the market is so inflated. Why teams are charging hefty prices for players, which are potentially not worth it. And I don't include Declan Rice in that bracket. I think for what we're getting in and around Europe, like there was a lot of um, Arsenal fans which are a bit nervous, rightly or wrongly. Um, I think that, that that's more than fair enough when Manchester City came in and they're basically stating that, look, we shouldn't pay £100 million. You shouldn't really bid um, against Manchester City because we won't win the war. But 
always stated that Mikel Arteta, this was his priority signing. You have to get a manager's priority players. There's no point getting backups. It's worked before, yeah. It's worked before, and I've we've seen success when we signed Jesus, um, when we signed Alexander Zinchenko. But there comes a time and a place where you have to get Arteta's priority signing. You have to get who he wants in that position. And there was names being chucked about Frankie de Jong, um, Caicedo, so many other names, Barella. Um, but that doesn't matter. If Arteta wants Declan Rice, if Arteta believes that Declan Rice is the is the player that is going to basically change the dynamics of this football club, you bring him in. You do whatever you can. And I think Arsenal have done that. I think the Cronkies have done that. I think Edu have done that. And they've showed the statement of intent that, look, we are back in the big time. We do want to be a success. We do want to win trophies. So I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. Uh, brief words. Did you see the rumour yesterday about uh, Tushemeni? No. Yeah. So there's a report stating that Arsenal will test the waters for Real Madrid midfielder Tushemeni if they fail to sign either Moises Casado or Romeo Lavia. Arsenal are long-time admirers of the player. However, club president Florentino Perez sees him as the next Casemiro and will certainly not accept anything less than the 100 million euros they paid AS Monaco last summer. I think it was a, a journalist from transfers.com, so not the most reliable uh, of, of source. But, yeah, it's it's interesting because you still don't know what the future holds at Partey. Um, he could still stay. He could still stay. You, you just never know because that's how the transfer window works. At one stage, someone's basically out of the door, but then in a few weeks... He's basically more than likely to stay. Um, Romeo Lavia, another situation that Arsenal still um, mulling over. Um, it seems that Liverpool and Chelsea are um, interested in him. But I still think there's a couple of signings left for Arsenal in this window, uh, to be honest. I think outgoings are going to be key. Um, I think once we sign Declan Rice and Julian Timber, we'll have three players that we set out to sign at the start of the window. We, we would have done our business early on. But then it's about outgoings, looking to get um, rid of players that we don't think um, are, are going to be part of our squad plans for the upcoming season, uh, looking to get the best offers. And that includes the likes of potentially Balogun and Ketia, um, many, many players. So, Sambi Lokonga. So, yeah, I think outgoings will be key. And then once we've done that part of it, maybe we can we can get a couple of more. But let's, let's wait and see. But Charlie... Thanks for jumping on this morning, mate. I keep saying it's a good day. It is a good day. Weather aside, like, it's crazy, isn't it, how everyone was nervous last week. I was yeah, never I'm... nervous, though. <laughs> oh, you say it now. I say it now, but <laughs> I was always confident that Arsenal get this deal over the line, though. Because yeah. I, I realised that Manchester City don't do bidding wars. Like Manchester City don't do bidding wars. And, like, the fact that Arsenal have done the groundwork for six, seven months... Imagine we didn't sign Declan Rice. Yeah, I think it is. It is a good. It is another good day to be an Arsenal fan. I think because mm. I, it's that's just how it is at the moment. As to be an Arsenal fan, it's just more news coming in, more news coming in, and I think as you just say, outgoings will be crucial. They mm. they will be. We've seen Chelsea. They're kind of like revamping their whole squad. They're getting mm. so many players out, and. I think Arsenal, obviously, they'll need to kind of get their, I'm not going to say straight, but they're not, they need to get their finances straight. They need to get 
players reduce the quality. Reduce reduce the squad. Like it's a bit bloated at the moment. Exactly, exactly. There's players that aren't going to play, like the like Pablo Mari. He's going to come back from from Italy, and he's just not going to have a place in the squad. I mean, I hope Tierney still does, but you never know. 35, 40 million for Tierney, you might take it, you might not. And then with the fact that we've got Tommy Yasu and then possibly even Timber coming in, he could be an inverted fullback instead of... Pepe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We still got Pepe. Uh, well, we might be kind of like terminating contract, terminating his contract, mightn't we? If a player, mm-hmm. if a team doesn't come calling, but mm-hmm. but yeah, outgo that I reckon we'll see a lot of outgoings because I think Arteta will kind of want to trim this squad right down. We'll still want the squad depth, but we'll want to trim it right down. So yeah, I think yeah, it's it's good good business. I think we've 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 got Havertz and Rice out of the way. We've got we well. Nearly out of the way with Declan Rice, and then we'll move on to Timber. And then I think once we've done that, then we'll go for the outgoings. We'll try and get players out, and then depending on how much we then have in terms of money, in terms of income from those players, we might then move on elsewhere. And I think we'll then see what we can do with that. So I uh, maybe too many, maybe too too many might not be that player to kind of like bring in another hundred million pound player. I'm not sure about that, um, especially with. I mean, I know I said that Declan Rice has the capabilities of playing on that right-hand side, but I don't. I'm not saying that I don't want too many. I would like him, but I don't think two 100 million pound players would be the kind of would be the right thing for Arsenal to do in this in this situation. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would obviously be happy, but then I'd be like, well, two 100 million pound players is that is that a good deal? Is that good for us in the... In Bring, the them in, so, yeah. Bring them in, man. Bring them in. Bring them in. 100 million pounds, 200 million pounds. So, I saw someone tweet yesterday, Arsenal renewed the 70 million credit facility with Barclays Bank, according to documents submitted to company's house last week, which is interesting. Not someone who's in the finance sector, but apparently it's positive. That's good then. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's wait and see. But Charlie, uh, much appreciated, mate. Thanks for jumping on as always. Thank you for having me on another good day to be an Arsenal fan. Thank you for everyone watching as well. Yeah. If you have enjoyed the show, folks, uh, make sure to drop a like, comment. Let us know in the comments how happy are you with Declan Rice's imminent move to Arsenal? Do you think he is worth the hundred million pounds? that we are set to pay West Ham United for his signature. Let us know how you think I have it all fair in an Arsenal shirt. But yeah, we always want to listen to your feedback, good or bad. But yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, folks, make sure to drop a like, comment, subscribe, and keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,